So I'm so glad that you are with us today to start this brand new series. I'm very excited about this topic. And so we're going to be talking about uh, relationship keys. And it's within the context of relationships that we're going to talk about and we're going to be discussing how to navigate relationships with difficult people. Don't look around. Straightforward. We all got challenging relationships, right? Anybody have a relationship in your life that you could unfortunately just characterize it as difficult, challenging? Yeah. It could be a coworker that maybe always takes credit for your work, um, or, or maybe they're just annoying. Anybody have an, a coworker that's just annoying? Yeah, not me, but you might. But, uh, or maybe it's a family member that you don't even speak with anymore, speak with as least as possible. During the holidays, you're trying to do your schedule to where you can avoid them, right? Um, but we all have relationship challenges somewhere. It's true about my life. It's true about your life. But here's the thing. Difficult and challenging relationships, they can actually affect the quality of your life and your peace, Right? And this, this is not just for estranged relationships or even traumatic relationships. This series is for anybody who has a relationship that's it's just difficult. It's hard. And this is what I know. This is what you know. This is what we all know. And that is that challenging relationships, they can come at any moment. Even the most healthy and normal relationship that you have, how many of you have experienced it turn in a matter of moments? All, this, all the time. It could be a great friendship, family member, roommate, coworker. It can actually become a challenging relationship overnight. Just one thing can happen that could change everything. But here's what's true. Every relationship, all of our relationships are only one decision away from being difficult. Okay? And here's the thing. That... Uh, that Bad relationships influence the quality of our lives. In fact, I, I could say it this way. The quality of our lives, it's only as strong or as good as the quality of our relationships. And we think about it. Maybe you've got a relationship in your life and it's, it's just difficult, right? And the worst thing about, about it is that you could say that that relationship made your life worse. Caused pain, anxiety, hurt. Anger And the energy, a lot of times, that I have about those relationships, that energy can rob me of the quality of life that I want to have. Because our happiness, it not only comes from our closeness to God, our joy with, our, with God, but it also, our happiness is affected by our peace with others. So this whole series is about having peace with other people people. And this is what I've learned from my experience. And also studying the Bible, I've learned this, that you can actually have peace with a relationship even when you don't have peace in a relationship. So you can have peace with a relationship even if you don't have peace in that relationship. Okay? Peace about a relationship or with a relationship, even if you can't have peace in it, that will ultimately lead to a better life for you, a better quality of life for you, happiness and joy within your life, regardless of what's in a relationship that you have. And so today, we're going to take an idea from a guy in the Bible. His name is the Apostle Paul. He wrote over half of the New Testament, 
and, uh, and he seemed like a very passionate man. He was extremely well educated. He was trained in the scriptures. But Paul says this in Romans 12. Here's what he says. Live at peace with everybody. <laughs> right? Live at peace with everybody. To which many of us are thinking, well, that's easier said than, than done, Paul. You didn't have my wife. Paul, you don't know my husband. You don't know my kids. You don't know my parents. You've never had to work for my boss. You, you never had my employees, Paul. I mean, how naive can you be, Paul? Paul, have you ever had any problems in your life with relationships to say that? And the hardest thing to, to understand the weight of Paul's words is to understand who it actually is came from if you could begin to understand how many challenging relationships that Paul had it makes his words even more powerful because watch this Paul was surrounded by challenging relationships he was a man who in his former life had actually killed Christians persecuted Christians and he was actually out to kill anybody that wanted to follow Jesus he would persecute them imprisoned them, even oversaw the death of these people. And watch this, in a moment, his life changed and he went from being a hater of the church to a builder of the church. And when we look back on history, we think, wow, that's great, Paul. That's awesome. You changed your life. You saw the light, literally, and you turned around and you stopped hating people and you started trying to help people. It's amazing. But what we can't overestimate is how challenging this setup was for Paul in his relationships. You see, he was now trying to have relationships with people that he was actually trying to kill, had thrown in prison, or he killed some of their family members, murdered them. And they're going, oh, great, and now you want to be part of the church. See, Paul knew what it was like to try to live at peace with everybody he had bad relationships on both sides he had people that he had tormented he's trying to have a relationship with them and then he had relationship with people that he was co-laborers with he was on the same team with them trying to kill christians and now suddenly he's the enemy and this is the man that wrote the line live at peace with everybody wow and then he throws in a couple of things that we've got, to under, we've got to understand because he prefaces this statement with this. If it's possible, live at peace with everybody, right? Meaning it may not be possible. Meaning he had maybe tried to live at peace with some of these people and it just didn't happen. But he knows that if it's possible, we should try to live at peace with your mother-in-law, your father-in-law. Those bratty kids next door. And so here's the thing. You might say, look, I'm tr I've tried, I've tried, I've tried. And if there's anything else to do, I would do it. And you might be on two sides of the coin. One is, I've never thought I would have a healthy relationship with that person, and yet here we are. And the other side is that I've tried and I've tried and I've tried, and it's not happening. And Paul, I'm sure, had situations where he didn't think it would work out, and it did, or he thought it would work out, and it didn't. But here's what he's saying. 
the good news is it may be possible, but the bad news is you got to come to grips with it may never happen. And the same thing's true for you and for me is that that relationship in your life that's been difficult, that's been challenging, there may never be peace in that relationship. But the pursuit of peace, even without the promise of peace in that relationship, it's not a waste of time to pursue peace, even if there's no peace in the relationship ever. Now, Paul, he gives us this phrase, he adds this phrase in here, and this is the phrase that you put all your eggs in the basket for this, all right? He says, if it is possible, watch this, as far as it depends on who? You. Live at peace with everyone. Paul is saying, I don't know if it's going to be possible. I've seen it where I never thought it would happen, and it happened. I've seen it where I thought, you know, that it would work, and it didn't. And I can't take back what I did, but I have done everything that I know to do as far as it depends on me to pursue peace with this person. So he says, as far as it depends on you. And that's a powerful phrase. And I just want to... I want to pop the hood on a couple of words here, okay? He says, as far as it depends on you. That's the rough part. And here's the question that I've got to ask myself and all of us, and that is, in a relationship that you have that's proven itself to be difficult and challenging, where do you spend all your energy in trying to find peace in that relationship? It's on the other person, right? All of our energy is directed on if they only would. If you would change, if you would stop that, if you would stop being so selfish, if you would repay me, then we could have a relationship. But Paul, he he corrects us and he says, if it's possible as far as it depends on you. He's going, no, 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 wait a minute. Let's talk about you. What can I do as far as it depends upon me? Now, this word depends. Now, what do you think of when you think about the word depends? No, I'm sorry. It was getting a little serious in here. Don't think about that. That's, That's distracting, all right? As far as it depends on you, what is it that depends on you? What is it that depends on, what actually is it that depends on me? We've got to figure out, what is it that depends on us? We've got to own our stuff. We've got to, we've got to say, hey, look, this, this particular thing, this depends on me. We have to identify it. Sometimes we've got to own the things that depend on us. And then Paul, he says this. He says, as far as it depends on it. So there's a distance to this. There's a, there's a length that we have to go. You know, you could say, I, th- I think I've done everything that I know to do. Maybe you feel like you've gone as far as you could possibly go. And we got to ask ourselves the question, can we, should we go any further? Can I do something to take a step toward and, and maybe right now there's no relationship. And we've got to be open to the idea that there's something. Is there anything else that depends on me that I could go a step farther? And listen, 
There is a time when you got to go, hey, look, enough is enough. At what point is it irresponsible for me to go any further? And in a future message in this series, we're going to talk about that, okay? We're going to talk about boundaries within relationships, all right? Because there are times when it's not, you know, it's not appropriate anymore for us to go any, any farther. It's actually irresponsible for us to go to a certain point. We're going to talk about that. But until then, I've got to ask myself the question, can I go any further? Am I willing to just go one more step? Because peace is possible in our lives when we have done everything that we know to do. Look, Micah, if I knew anything else to do, I would do it. If I could just think of something, I would do it because I'm not content to just have a relationship that is difficult. And look, even if there's never any peace in the relationship, you want to be able to have a peace with the relationship, that you've done everything that you know to do. And peace is, poss- is possible in us when we can look in the mirror or even some friends and people around us that we trust and that, that we can say to ourselves or other people can say that we trust you've done everything that you could possibly do. Everything that depends on you, you've done. All right? <clears throat> so he says, as much as it's possible, live at peace. So today, I want to give you just one step to help with this. And I think it's the most powerful step in starting out in difficult relationships for us to be able to say, hey, look, I've done everything that I know to do, and I've stolen this thought from playing golf, okay? Now, I don't really play golf anymore. Uh, My father plays golf. He loves playing golf. He studies golf. Uh, He has golf coaches. He plays golf a lot. And he tried to get me into playing golf. And I know a lot of you play golf, and hopefully this will not create uh, a challenging relationship between us, but I don't enjoy golf. Actually, uh, I think Mark Twain understood golf more than anybody else because he said, golf is a good walk spoiled. (laughs) So my father taught me to play golf, and I was on the golf course with him, and he taught me how to line up a putt. Okay? When you're on the putting green, you're, you're there and you're going you're gonna to sink that putt. And you're standing on the green and you line up the putt. And what you do to line up the putt is you stand behind the ball to see which way the ground's leaning, where's the, the grain on the grass, which way is it leaning. And you're trying to determine what is all is going to affect the ball that's going to go into the hole. And you don't just stop at looking at the putt from behind the ball. What you do is good golfers will walk all the way around to the other side. You may have seen them do this if you, for some reason, watch golf on TV. (laughs) You're looking at it from the other side because when you look at it from the other side, you actually know you might see something from this other side that would change the way that you approach it. You might see something from this side that you may have never seen from behind the ball. Most of the time you don't ever see anything new from this side, but some, sometimes you see something from this side that changes everything. So let's talk about difficult relationships. Maybe it's, it's a relationship that you would say, God, Micah, this is just challenging. And so let's say that it's me and you, and we have a good relationship, and it's healthy, 
and we have mutual respect and submission. We want good things from each other. And then all of a sudden, something happens. There's a challenge or a difficulty. Suddenly, there's tension between us. Can you believe what he did? I can't believe what he did. I can't believe that he would say that. Why would he do that? The only reason I would say that is fill in the blank. And now there's a bump in the relationship. There's a challenge. There is pain in a relationship. Or maybe, you know, you didn't do anything to hurt me. Maybe I just don't understand what you did. It makes no sense. I mean, one day we're good, we're cool, and then the next day you make no sense. I don't even know what's going on in your head. I have no idea what you're doing. And it creates trauma and a rift in your relationship, difficulty. You see, these are the kind of relationships where you say, well, it's complicated, right? And then, God forbid, there's relationships where you would just say, hey, look, we don't even talk anymore. We're not even connected at all anymore. The step that all of us could take that can change so much is that step of empathy. To walk around to the other side and say, you know what? I'm going to see it from a different perspective, from a different angle. I'm going to try to feel it from your perspective in a different way. So here's what I want you to see today. Not that. Empathy is taking the walk around so you can see and feel things from their perspective. I'm going to say that again. Empathy is taking the walk around to their side so that you can see and feel things from their perspective, right? Because we, we all want people to feel things from our perspective, right? You see, empathy is the main tool in regards to creating healthy relationships. Paul also said it this way in Romans 12, 15. He said, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. You see, those who rejoice, we usually do that because good things are happening, right? But if we're not careful without empathy, other people's rejoicing, sometimes it actually triggers feelings of jealousy or competition. Am I the only one? To, uh, To wallow in envy because I don't have as much to rejoice over right now as that person. See, that can be really hard to resist and that is actually the opposite of empathy and those who weep usually they do that because they have been suffering or devastated with a loss or a misfortune pain hurt a tragedy marginalization and look that can create some emotionally messy environments and sometimes we have a tendency to stay out of other people's emotional messes right other people's hurt or pain it's messy like i'll pray for you brother it's very safe to pray or give them our thoughts from a distance. But that's not what empathy is. And listen, that's not what God calls us to. Even Peter in 1 Peter 3, 8, he said it this way. All of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers, being tenderhearted. Be courteous. And look, this one mind that Peter is referring to in this passage, that is the mind of Christ. And if you follow Jesus, this is what we all aspire to. And Peter is urging us for unity, and we can't do it without empathy. 
This is what happened in 2020. I'm not going to go deep into it, but this is what happened. We've got to under, develop an understanding of who they are, how they became the person that they are. What is it that they know, and how did they actually learn that? What do they hold dear, and why? Why do they hold those things dear? How do they feel? Why do they feel that way? According to Peter, oneness is created by treating each other with compassion and love and tenderness and courtesy. All the things missing from 2020. Empathy is simply this, taking on their perspective as truth. Now that's where a lot of you guys are like, whoa, whoa, hey, hey, wait a minute. What if it's not true? I'm not saying it's true. I'm saying empathy is looking at it as though you felt their perspective was true. Just to be able to see through their eyes. You may or may not take on that truth after this exercise. But what would it feel like if you actually believed something to be true that they believe? I'm not talking about relative truth. I'm talking about suspending my judgment for just a moment and taking on their perspective. And I suspend my judgment and I say, you know what? I know what I feel. But I'm not gonna, and I'm not going to say my feelings are invalid uh, or the way I look was invalid or that what they did was okay. But I'm going to suspend my judgment and try to recognize their emotions. Recognize what he was feeling or she is feeling within the relationship. And then, and this is the hardest part, okay? I'm going to communicate that emotion. I'm either going to tell them if it's appropriate, or maybe I'm going to tell it to a trusted friend, but I'm going to verbalize it. Maybe you just write it down. That could be incredibly valuable. But I am going to suspend judgment, put myself in their shoes, and then I'm going to actually articulate it. This is more than sympathy. Sympathy is just acknowledging what they feel. We can all do that. Empathy is different. Empathy is feeling what the other person feels and listen the only way that you can do that is when you take the walk around to the other side and i'm just telling you in any difficult relationship any relationship that is challenging empathy can be the key to actually opening a dialogue that will in turn lead to a healthy relationship Hey, look, I need to hear your story. I need to understand what you're feeling and why. And I'm not going to stop you and challenge you. Yeah, but don't you think? No, I'm just going to put myself in your shoes for a moment. And look, us continually or continuing to approach that bad relationship from our side and our side only, how's that working out for you? That does not bring peace. As long as we continue to look at it just from our side, we just reaffirm what we know, think we know what we feel, but if you want to find peace in the relationship, and certainly with the relationship, we have to take the long walk around. Because empathy is like first aid for relationships. And look, there may never be peace in the relationship. We've established that. But you and I, we can have peace with the relationship if we choose to do everything we can and walk around. If we have a relationship that is difficult, that's challenging, the question that I've got to ask myself, the question you've got to ask yourself, is have we taken that walk around? Have we actually 
felt it from the other side? Have we done everything we can to not just see it, but to actually feel it from their side? Have we done that? Have we taken the walk of empathy? Look, I don't want to. It's going to start making me feel sorry for them, and that annoys me because I like being mad at them because they're an idiot. Or do we spend all of our energy being angry as opposed to letting them off the hook? It's like, yeah, yeah, I know. If I go listen to their sob story and I think about the background that they're raised in and the childhood that they had and what has happened to them in the past, then I'm just going to excuse their bad behavior. No, no. You don't have to excuse what they did. You don't have to accept their truth as truth. It just helps me make sense of what they're doing, what they're doing. And it'll actually help you feel better about your own life because you'll realize, oh yeah, wait a minute. Sometimes you realize, wow, this isn't personal toward me. They're a jerk to everybody. This is not about me. This wasn't directed about me specifically. They do that in all their relationships. And now that I know what they're feeling and maybe why, maybe I realize it's not about me. It's got way more to do with what's going on in their life than you. And look, it may not heal the relationship, but it might just begin to help you feel more peace with the relationship in its current state. Now, here's another question. Is it possible for their behavior to have a logical explanation to them? It's not logical to you, but is it possible that it's logical to them? Which we all say, no, it's dumb what they're doing. Like any idiot can see that. Is it possible that their behavior has a logical explanation to them? Your stupid behavior does. Oh, wow, that was, I'm sorry, that was mean. We're all unique. We're humans. Here's a, here is an ironic quote from Will Smith. Human beings are not creatures of logic. Too soon, I guess. We are creatures of emotion, and we do not care about what's true. We care about how it feels. Whether we logically realize that, that's, that it's not rational, we all, whether we like it or not, we all tend to lean this way. It's true. Human beings are the only creatures who are able to behave irrationally in the name of reason. Is that not true about us? Dogs don't do this, right? Other creatures don't behave completely irrational in the name of logic and reason. We are uniquely gifted to do this. That person that you have a challenging relationship, whatever they're doing, it may make total sense to them. And as long as we continue to see it from only our side, it does no good other than just to create more challenges, more hurdles, more pain. But if we choose to walk around, if we'll choose to see things from their perspective, and just say, look, maybe it's painful, it's hard for me to be over here, but I'm going to attempt to look at your side, to feel what you feel. And you don't even have to tell them that you're doing it. You don't have to write them a note, and you don't have to text them and say, you know what, I'm just really trying to see this from your side. You don't even have to do that. You can actually do this and never tell them. It's an exercise for me. But look, if we want to find peace with the relationship, we got to walk around. And then 
it helps to even not only take the perspective of truth, communicate the emotions, but write it down. Look, if you will force yourself to articulate and communicate their emotions, maybe you talk to a trusted friend, there is power and there's peace in your life if you'll just walk around and then write it down. There's power in that. What's even more impressive than all this is did you know that God took that walk of empathy himself? He put all of his divinity, he shoved it into a body, and he, took, he left his perspective and he took around and he wanted to feel what we feel. That's why he can relate to us. He had communicated through clouds and tablets and other men, and he said, enough is enough. I'm going to come, and I'm going to walk around, and I'm going to put myself in your shoes and feel what you felt and be tempted with what you were tempted with. Empathy. Jesus modeled this for us. He said, I want to see what you feel. He didn't have to, but he did. And then he says to me, and he says to you, he says to all of us, when I ask you to forgive, now he can say, forgive as I have forgiven you. Now he can say, love as I have loved you. He's saying, show mercy, not just as somebody else would, but as I have shown you mercy. And when we make that same walk of empathy in others' lives that he has done for us, we emulate what he has done for us. So don't do it for them. Do it for yourself and do it for your Savior who did it for you. So will you take that walk of empathy? Will you communicate it? And will you write it down just for you? Because God took that walk of empathy, not just to understand their bad relationships, but to actually help us walk in victory in our relationships to be at peace with the relationships, even sometimes when you can't have peace in the relationship. What kind of people would we be? What kind of person would you be if every difficult relationship, every challenging relationship, you were the person that didn't just look at it from their perspective and you walked around to your spouse's side, you walked around to your child's side, your parent's side, your neighbor's side, side, your co-worker's side, your teammate's side, just to see what does it feel like to be in their shoes? If you had their history, if you grew up like they did, look, it doesn't necessarily change what you think sometimes. It doesn't change any truth in your heart sometimes, but sometimes it opens up your eyes to why difficult relationships are difficult. And then here's the bigger question is the church as a whole. I mean, just, just us as a church or the church as a whole in the world, what kind of impact could we have if we did not take up the world's method of fighting with each other and judging each other? What if we all as a church could take that walk around, that walk of empathy? How much could we change the world with the love of God? Our last question of the day. Micah, what if I've done this? What if, I've already, what if I've already done this? Because some, some of you, this comes easier than others. But maybe you've already put yourself in their shoes and you felt what they feel and you've looked through their eyes and, and you've taken that walk around. But what if you've already done that? 
and it hasn't helped. There's still conflict in the relationship. I mean, even if I've done this, man, how do I handle the conflict that's still in the relationship? And for that, you'll have to come back next week for the next relationship key. Will you stand with me?